ladies and gents, we're ready to rock and roll. You want to make Uncle Sam pay? Let's, that's what this show's all about. Look, they've been collecting our taxes. Now, now it's our turn. Listen up, ladies and gents. Let's get those government contracts. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bro. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, let's drop some heat for you. Ladies and gents, just a reminder to like, share, subscribe, because every time you do, you help an entrepreneur find a customer, and a customer find a solution to their problems. All right, ladies and gents, look, we pay so much in taxes. Don't you think it's about time the government pays you? I mean, I'm not talking stimulus or handouts here. I'm talking contracts. If you've ever wondered how to get Uncle Sam to fork over some of the dough to you, the hardworking contractor, then this episode is for you. Today's guest is here to show us how to crack the code as a middleman and make the government pay you. He has a proven process to make you the beast in the business of working with the Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Agriculture, Department of Veteran Affairs, and more. So let's welcome to the show, from thefederalcode.com, Jason White. All right, Jason, man, welcome to the show. What's up, my brother? How you feeling, man? I'm good, dude. I didn't even tell you. My goal, my objective is to get you talking about your business in the best light possible, keep you smiling. And so my question, is, the very first one is, do I got your attention and are we having fun? Man, we having a ball. The energy is amazing. I'm ready. Of course. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, Uncle Sam, everybody has a different thought process when it comes to Uncle Sam. We're usually thinking one of two things, taxes or military very rarely do people think Department of Defense and contracting on the outside after you get out of the military. So yeah. I'm going to ask you the why question. Why are you doing this, man? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. <laughs> man, I love this, man. I love this. So look, look. So they either think taxes, they either think military, or they think jail one from federal, oh, right? Federal yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So there's no, it's those three things, but why am I doing this? Why am I doing business with the government? It's almost like, why not? The federal government is the largest purchaser in the world, right? They got the deep pockets. They got the deep pocketbook, however you want to look at it. And they're not going anywhere. They're not bad. During recessions, during uh, crisis times, they're always willing and ready and able to spend money. So the question is, why? It's like, why not? Why wouldn't I? Oh, you're absolutely right. And we're in the midst of... What's going to be another big recession? Let's let's just cut to the chase, right? The Fed is increasing interest rates, so businesses like ours or other businesses that are trying to struggle day to day, they're going to see some hiccups. Real estate agents are going to see some hiccups. There's going to be ups and downs in this market, but you're right. The federal government usually in a recession doesn't cut back. As a matter of fact, they want to stimulate the economy by spending more money, right? So how did you get in this space? Yeah, man. So this is easy. So I, I was working at the gas station, man. And my bro, since we on business bros, my yeah. bro actually came to the gas station, man. And he told me a little bit about what he was going to attempt to do 
but then he got locked up same night. So I went mm. down a rabbit hole of YouTube University trying to figure out federal government contracting. And the reason why I keep saying federal, because there's three levels. There's a federal, there's a state, and there's a local. I only operate on the federal level. So that's how I started. That's how I got into it, man. And that was way back in 2008. Let's talk about, you know, what your experience is in this so far. So uh, you've been doing this for a while. You put together a, a course, and we'll talk about that course here in a second. But what is it that people will pay you for? What, is, what, are they, what are we handing over our money for? If you're good at yeah. something, never do it for free. That's right. I love, it. I love it, man. I love it. So you're paying for my mistakes that I made to help you condense your time frames. You're paying for the mistakes that I already made so you don't have to make them. So you're paying for understanding what the process looks like to properly bid, understanding what the process looks like to properly look for the correct type of contracts and solicitations, understanding what to do on, to manage a contract that you're not even around. Most people look at federal government contracting or contracting period for contracts in their backyard. But we're mm -hmm. managing contracts from afar, California, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas. New York, Miami, Baltimore, Maryland, wherever you're located, you can manage the contract from afar. So you're paying for this entire process. And most people think that it's the certifications that win you awards or win you contracts. So you're actually going to pay for how to streamline the process to be able to understand what it looks like and to be awarded a contract for work that you're not doing, subcontracting out the work, hence the term middleman or middlewoman. Wait, hold up, hold up. So here's the thing. I I know contractors. I, I've been in the house flipping space. I have my real estate license. I'm in the insurance yes. space. I know adjusters and people who come in and do work, right? Like this, this is a for real space, contracting and the subcontracting spot. But when I talk to these people, it's always like, oh man, I can never get those government contracts. Those guys that get the government contracts, like they're in, like they know somebody. They like, they, there's something, some secret underground type of secret handshake type yeah. thing that happens that only certain people get government contracts. True or yeah. not true? Yeah, def definitely not true. Now, I will say this. There is a pool of contracts that the contract the, uh, contract specialists only feel comfortable in giving them to, right? Mm. But there's, there's 96,000 contract opportunities every single day. There's not 96,000 companies every single day to snatch up those awards. And remember, I'm saying every day there's 96,000 contract opportunities. If somebody does 96,000 times 365, that's how many contract opportunities are out there. So there is a method, but the, the, the federal government doesn't always want to, want to award the same companies over and over and over again. They want to look for the brand new companies that actually want to start doing a new business with the federal government. And the mindset isn't about what you can do. This is what I got to train my students. They don't care about what you can do. It's about can you manage it? Can you manage the company that's going to actually do the work and or can you manage the contract? The answer is always yes. All right. So. There are certain skills, maybe not necessarily on the job skills, but certain skills that a contractor needs to have, certain things that they need to learn. So what are they? Yeah. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. I got a very select set of, set of skills. I love that. So listen, <laughs> it's easy, man. Look, I, you're talking to a guy that barely graduated high school. I barely graduated. I did still get my PhD, so I'm excited for that. But my that's my public high school diploma, man. So you're talking to a guy that's <laughs> better, better right here at high school. <laughs> so 
So listen, you gotta have you gotta be able to have. I appreciate that. You gotta have communication skills, and you gotta have the ability to listen twice as much as you talk. You got two ears and one mouth, so you gotta listen twice as much as you talk. If you can read and have communication skills, those are the skills that you need to hone in and refine for you to be able to operate in the middleman or woman middle woman space. That's all. That's it. Everything else you need to rely on the communication between you and your subcontractor that will be doing the work on your federal government contract. So what kind of money are we talking about here? I know when I talk to guys that are doing union work or they always love these government contracts because their employer pays them per diem, right? Like they get these ridiculous, my brother-in-law's a welder. He loves those government contracts. He's out there making 80, 90, 100 bucks an hour for some of these guys. They love it. I'm thinking it from a, from a, like a boss's point of view, from an employer point of view, if I pay my guy a hundred bucks an hour, I'm probably making three hundred bucks an hour on that one individual. <laughs> what kind of money is Uncle Sim paying? Yeah, so that's reverse engineer. Remember, we're not doing the physical work, right? So we have to reverse engineer. So if you're, let's take your brother who's a welder, for instance. If I call his company and he says he wants a hundred dollars an hour, okay, great. I'm not going to negotiate his price for him, but I can't make. $100 an hour for physical work that I'm not doing. So mm. I will only charge myself or charge the federal government about $50 an hour. Now, total, we're going to charge the federal government $150 an hour. Your brother gets his $100 an hour. I get my $50 an hour and the beat goes on. But the difference between myself and your brother is he's content working that one job. I'm going to be content getting multiple contracts. Let's say, let's keep the same scenario paying me $50 an hour. And when you look up, I got five, six, seven, hell, even 10 contracts paying me that same rate. But I got, the it's, it's a compound effect. I'm letting the compound take effect. Mm -hmm. The contracts you're getting, you're stacking them up. Now, this is how we can create residual income from federal government contracting, doing one, something one time, getting paid over and over and over again. Wait, that means you're, you're at the front. You're the orchestra guy. You're, you're the guy that's, that has a little stick in front of the orchestra kind of telling who to play, when to play the certain instruments, right? So I'm getting paid to help the tuba players get going. I'm also getting paid to help the drums. I'm also getting paid to help the violins, right? Like my job is just to secure work for them essentially and manage the contracts. I just get paid an hourly rate per contract that I'm picking up. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, yeah. So you got to understand, just like you made mention too, there's a lot of small businesses that just don't know how to break into the federal government contracting. Cool. This is why I come in. I know how to do it. I got you. You can do the work. You have the bandwidth to do this, whatever the scope of work is. Yes. What's your price? Great. Congratulations. I put my money on top and I send it to the federal government and I just watch, rinse, repeat that process. See, the, like, like I said, there's not enough companies to go around or there's not a lot of people that just want to learn this process. That's fine. You don't have to learn it. And that's why I tell people, you don't have to have an actual business that can do work. You just have to have these skills that can manage the company that's going to be doing the work for you. On your you are a broker. You're Uncle Sam's broker. Yeah, man, I would almost it. even say you're Uncle Sam's pimp, right? Like literally you're taking Uncle <laughs> Sam's money. You're finding other people who are already doing the, the job. You want the best people, right? So you're out here shopping for good entrepreneurs. You want to partner with contractors and, and employers that do quality work because you're expecting them to get the job done. Otherwise, you're not going to secure the contract. But it's up to you to secure the contract. Once you secure the contract, 
Is is that it? Like we're done? Yeah, it's over. Now I have to effectively still manage it, right? Because I have to I have back end work that I have to do. So I'm um adhering to limitations on subcontracting. You hit it that the federal government likes up knows that most people most companies don't have the bandwidth to get the entire job done. So that's why they allow subcontracting, but then they put limitations on subcontracting, meaning me as the pimp, me as the prime, me as the orchestrator, I have to do some work too. So there's back-end work that I have to do. I'm just not doing any physical work at all. I don't have the bandwidth to do the physical work, but I have to be on my computer and my phone all day long. And so because of that factor, I'm going to continue to make sure I'm doing two things. Think about it. I'm helping the federal government get the lowest, best price. But then on the other side, I'm helping a total small business get in bed and do business with the federal government. So I'm, I'm doing I'm doing good work on both ends. It's the it's the epitome of the general manager. Right. I'm not actually okay. swinging the bat, throwing the ball, but. I'm still, I'm finding the best talent possible and I'm making sure that the ownership finds the best talent and puts them together, dude. I love that theory. Okay, so if I'm if I'm gonna be playing general manager, like when you're looking for people who wanna take this type of job on, who want this opportunity, who is this ideal person that you're looking for? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Love it, I love it, I love it. It's, it's important to understand that we all have a gut feeling and we all have a BS radar. We all have it. So remember, we're speaking to individuals that we may not necessarily ever see. We may not never, ever see them, right? I have contracts that's been going on for 10 years. I've never seen the workers doing the work on their contract, but we always got to give them a shot. We got to give them a chance. If we get the warm and fuzzy and they feel like they can do the work and they're giving us everything that we're asking them for, if the federal government is asking me for things, I'm asking my subcontractor for it. the federal government. And this is why I start off saying, too, the federal government gives new businesses a chance. That's why they don't always award the same companies every single contract, because they give a business like mine who started in 2008 with no knowledge, no past performance. They gave me a chance. So I teach my students, hey, you are you really don't know this company, but they're saying they can do the work. You give them a chance. Anybody can put fancy stuff on their website they still don't mean they can do the work pick up the phone have a conversation with them help them understand what the requirements are from this job that the government is asking for if you get the good warm and fuzzy and you like the price point put them out there put them to work see what happens that's a winner that's a winner but i wonder like there's always this idea of well if i'm not on the job something's gonna happen if i never met the person something's gonna happen i'm sure like in any business stuff happens shit's gonna hit the fan at some point what's one of those biggest issues you've come across and how'd you overcome it so the one of the biggest things that's kind of common and which is not uncommon people lying they're just lying mm -hmm. hey i can do the work i got the equipment i got the manpower and then when they get out there to actually do the work, they can't keep up with the demand of the work, right? So mm -hmm. it's simple. Just like the Fed, this is a misconception too. If you mess up on a federal government contract, you're going to get blackballed. You're never going to work for mm -hmm. in this town again. That's a lie. The federal government wants to work with small businesses and give us chance after chance after chance. Now, we can't keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. Then with, that's when the blackballing and this thing, things happen if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. So the federal government gives us multiple chances. It's up to us 
to understand that we cannot give our subcontractor multiple chances because they're putting our name in jeopardy. So once they mess up one time, they're out of here and we just put somebody else in that place. It's just like it's multiple contracts. It's multiple companies that can do whatever the job is. We just happen to look for the best price. Always the best price isn't the best company, but we live and we learn as we're going through our contract. And that's where the communication comes in place because we're going to communicate with the federal government what's happening on our contract. So when they see us switching out companies, it's not a thing. It's not a big deal because we're effectively using our words and communicating heavy. Communication, absolutely key. Speaking of that, you said 96,000 contracts a day, right? Every single day. So I'm assuming there's different types of contracts. So which one do we pick? Like, how do I know what to do and pick the right contract? What do you do? That's what I teach. Right. That's one of the biggest things I teach, how to properly look for the right types of solicitations, because there are so many. If you go after if you go after some of the ones that I don't like to go after, then you will pretty much put yourself in a not a bad position, but a position to to be working pretty much. So we go after service based contracts, right? Service based contracts for a reason, because we want the residual income. If you provide the service for the next for every month for the next four or five years, what am I doing for the next every month for the next four or five years? I'm invoicing the federal government every there you go. I get a check every month for the next four or five years. So I go out, I teach my students to go out the service-based contract because it just makes sense to lay that residual foundation down. Then you can and now you understand the process. Now you can go after any type of contract that you want to after that point. Is there a limit to the number of contracts that I can apply for? And like, what's the time frame? Like, let's say I identify a contract, go for it. Like, what's that process look like? Yeah, so there are no limits on how many contracts your company can be awarded. Now, back in the day, I did get scared. So I have seven LLCs registered because I w- my companies has been, have been awarded over 250 plus federal government contracts. So I was getting a little scared. So I didn't know it wasn't a limit back in the day. So I was just moving contracts around. Now, with that being said, there is no limit. The process on timing is it varies because each contract specialist has to adhere to their own timelines, whatever that looks like. Right. So I can place a bid today. I can put in a proposal today and not even hear anything or be awarded four months later. Or I can put in a proposal today and then I get awarded on Monday. So it just varies. You really can't pinpoint what the time frame looks like on when you will be awarded or notified that you didn't win either. So the strategy would be to put in as many contracts as possible or like, yeah, again, yeah. like I'd be, I'd be like you, I'd be terrified. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put out, you know, a contract a day. I'm not going to hear anything. And then three months down the road, boom, 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 six in the same week or something. Like, I, how do you handle that? Is that like something that you can, can you turn them down afterwards or postpone yeah. them? Or like, what's that process like if I'm overbidding? Yeah, yeah. So there's no such thing as overbidding. You want to continue to shoot your shot and put them out there, right? Because we don't know when you're going to be awarded. I've lost way more contracts than I've been awarded. I've lost way more, lost way more. So you can't overbid. The process is exciting when you get awarded six in one day. You're just smiling from ear to ear. Now, obviously, there's work to do. 
You got to call a subcontractor, make sure he's or she is still interested. Make sure he or she price point is still the same. Make sure every they still understand what the uh, qualification of the job is. But after that's out the way, you send them out there and you start collecting the money. Like it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's, it's a business like no other because you don't need little to no money to start this business. You don't need credit. You don't need a network. And because I know because I came from the gas station and got started. So when I'm getting awarded six in one day, hell, let's say six in one month. That's still very exciting because you know that next month you're going to get paid at least six times from the federal government. Mm, and those checks are awfully nice when they come in. Um, All right. What about what about when you're working with subcontractors? I know you said, you know, you talk to them, you kind of feel it, you connect. And I feel like it's that way with when you hire a coach or when you hire a real estate agent, you got to kind of vibe with that person. Right. That's one thing. But is there something specific that you look for? that every subcontractor must have as a criteria to even be part of these government contracts? Well, uh, from, from my standpoint, yes. From the federal government standpoint, no. Because the federal government is not working with the sub. They're working with me. The subcontractor's mm -hmm. name is nowhere on any documentation except for my documentation with them. But from the, the sub to the government, there's no, there's no relationship there. Now, one of the things I look for and my criteria is I need to make sure that they can communicate with me accurately, truthfully, and quickly. If they can't do those things, then I'm not, I'm not fooling when I'm not dealing with it. And here's where I start to learn their communication tendencies. When I'm sending them over whatever the scope of work is of the job and they're not getting back to me in a timely manner, or they'll say, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to provide you a quote tomorrow and I don't get it for another three days. That's letting me know right there. They're showing me who they are. So I'm going to believe them and I'm not going to work with them. The federal government does the same thing. They People don't realize they start to evaluate us from the moment that we contact them or from the moment that we submit our proposals. They're starting to, they're starting to evaluate us from that point. See, a lot of people don't understand it's bigger than just a quote. It's bigger than just a dollar amount. They want to see what our tendencies looks like as communication, as submitting invoices, and just getting back to them in a timely manner. So I do the same thing. So if I'm reaching out to a subcontractor, requesting a quote, and they tell me, yeah, I'll give it back to you tomorrow, and I'll hear them for two days, that's a big indication that I won't be able to effectively trust this person if I'm living in Houston, Texas, and the contract is in um, Los Angeles, California, and I'm asking them for updates, and they're not properly communicating with me. That's a bad sign, so I'm not going to deal with them at that point. So I look for it communication again on their end though don't over promise and under deliver do it the other That's way around right under promise and over deliver all right let's talk payment processing right so you have a contract with the federal government the subcontractor has a contract with you what does payment look like are you the are, are you collecting payment and issuing it like a direct invoice are you yeah. running payroll like a you know is this w2 1099 yeah. what does it look like Neither. I'm neither doing a W-2 or 1099. I want no attachment with that business. I'm not independently contracting them and I'm not directly paying them. I'm doing, I'm creating a service agreement. You provide this service and I'm paying you. End of story. That's it. You take out your own taxes. You do your own paperwork. Invoicing works like this. I am, there's 52 departments, 52 in the federal government. Each department has their own specific invoicing system. So once you get awarded a federal government contract, 
they let you know what system they want to be invoiced or they want you to use the invoice. So I invoice the federal government. The subcontractor invoices me. The federal government pays me. I take my money or leave it in the bank, whatever. And then I in, and then I pay the subcontractor's invoice. All the money from the contract comes to me. And then I give the subcontractor what we agreed upon rate every single month. Super no, I simple. I don't make it difficult. I don't I make it that. difficult. I, man. I don't I make it difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me my money, Uncle Sam. Here's <laughs> your money, contractor. I keep the difference, right? I mean, it sounds like such an easy process. Yeah, so yeah. let me ask you this then. You know what? What are you doing right now to get more people to come on board and learn what it is that you're teaching them? How are you acquiring customers? So. I love it, man. I love it. All I do, to be honest, bro, I just get on platforms like yours and I just make mention to what I'm doing, right? I personally feel like, and obviously some people might feel like I'm a little biased, but I personally feel like everybody should be doing a piece of business with the federal government. I tell people all the time, congratulations, you have a successful business outside the federal government. But we all know and understand that the federal government is not demanding on people. Most businesses, there's a people demand. You got to come into the store. You got to you got to be interviewed. You got to uh, buy something online. That's take that takes a person to do that to help that business thrive. Well, the federal government doesn't work off of people. It works off of the demand. There's a demand for this product. There's a demand for this service. And because there's a demand, somebody will always be willing to supply it. That's why the federal government does not go through a recession. They, that's why they barely do. Even when they do cutbacks on the employee, on the employees, guess what? Never takes a hit. The contracts, they never take mm -hmm. a hit. So if you understand having a business that's on that's based off of a demand, which is a product or service, you understand that you should be doing business with that customer. So I just get on, I just get on platforms like yours and I just talk about what I'm doing. I talk about the success of my students and I let it go like that. I don't sell. I just talk about the success of others. Do you have to be 18 years old to start submitting these contracts or do you have to have just a business and the business is the one who's really negotiating with the government? Man, see how smart you are? It's so simple. You already get, you're already getting it. All you have to do is have a business because the, 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 the federal government doesn't do per person to business. They do B2B, business to business. So if you have a, a LLC and an EIN number and you register that into SAM.gov, you could be 15 with that LLC and boom. Now, obviously, when you start making phone calls, they're going to know your voice is a little light or you're a little shaky, right? So right. now you probably need somebody else to help you make the phone calls, but you can start this business model as a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old because you're not doing it as you, you're doing it as your business entity. That's awesome, dude. I teach a course called Financial Algebra, and I've been looking for different things that my students can learn to do. And I feel like filling out applications and bidding on jobs is something that we can easily teach a 16, 17 year old kid to do. And then they can graduate high school with an opportunity and a career in front of them that they have full control over. And I, I don't know, based on what you're saying, it feels like this is something that might be awesome for people to understand and learn fresh out of high school. I mean, they'll literally have their PhDs as well. Absolutely, man. So that's one of my, that's one of the federal codes, uh, new initiative. 
we're in the school, in the school systems, we're in the high schools and we're in the, uh, the junior colleges and the universities. So we've created a curriculum just to just to create a different side of actual entrepreneurship and a different business model, obviously dealing with the federal government, but to exploit and expose certain skill sets that you need to grow to be a successful entrepreneur with this type of business model. So you hit it right on the head, man. The federal code is in the school systems. We just did uh, Norcom, Norcom uh, High School in Portsmouth, Virginia. We're on track to do Norfolk State University as well. And the beat goes on from there. All right, man. Well, let's get some people walking in your door. If people want to work with you, they want to find out more about how they can learn this process. What's that process like to work with you? Uh, They're all lined up, dude. They're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> it's easy breezy, lemon squeezy, man. So go to my website, thefederalcode.com, and or you can just reach out to me at uh, on Instagram at I am Jason White underscore. And there we'll we'll get you straight. We'll get you going. My my course is a digital course because you never understand where people are in life in terms of their time. So we made the course digital and self-paced, but I tell people. Now you want to hurry up and get through that thing because we created the course module based. So after each module, you're able to complete an action item. So at the end of the course, you're actually ready to go, not just go through the whole course. And now you start. No, after each module, you're doing something. You're doing some type of action item towards the goal of being able to understand and learn the process. There it is, ladies and gents, man, a high schooler can do this. A high schooler can do this. There's no reason, by the way, Never did he say you have to go to the office and clock in. You didn't have to drive for $6 a gallon to a, a specific place, clock in or do any of that. You're doing this from your home if you'd like to. You don't even have to do the physical labor. So ladies and gents, make sure you guys check it out, thefederalcode.com. I am. I'm going to try to look into this, especially for my students, to see what we can do to teach 16-year-old kids how to make 50 bucks an hour off of each job. Off of each job, not just one, off of each job. So if you guys want to check it out one more time, thefederalcode.com, thefederalcode.com. Jay, before we head out, is there anything maybe I missed, I didn't ask, I didn't mention that you wanted to get out to the audience? Yeah, man. So I always like to talk about the highlights, but then I like to talk about uh, a little bit more in depth some of the struggles, right? Like one of the, one of the biggest struggles I'm hearing from my new students is the fact that they lack the confidence to speak about a job that they don't know how to do, right? Mm. I don't know how to do this job. How am I supposed to tell somebody else how to do it? Great, congratulations. I love this piece because here's one of the things I always say. When you drive your car to the auto mechanic to get an oil change and the auto mechanic takes a look at your car and they come back out and say, yeah, you need an oil change, but you need new tires. You need a windshield wiper. Hell, you need a whole new engine. You tell that, you tell that auto mechanic, hey, I'm only here for oil change. Guess what you've effectively done? You've effectively project managed an auto mechanic that's been doing that job for the past 15 years. And you don't know how to work on cars. You just help manage his expectations. So the mindset is always not what you can do, but what you can manage. You're going to get a set of expectations from the federal government. All you have to do is just echo those expectations, whether you understand it or not. Send those uh, expectations to the subcontractor to make sure they can understand it, to give you a quote and get going. So those were some of the things that a lot of people struggle on. Un 
speaking to a subject matter that they're not confident in. But I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you get to that point, scared money don't make no money. And if you don't get on the phones and dial, then you're going to be looking at the same financial situation that you've always been in. So that's one of the things I wanted to make mention, man. I had an amazing time on the show. This is a ball. This is a ball. That's this what I'm it. talking about. The, the federal <laughs> government is going to give you a checklist and then you give the checklist to the professional and make sure that they do what's on the checklist. I mean, that sounds super easy. can't go easier than that, man. Yeah. can't go easier than that. All right, Jason, last little thing, man. We are all about video testimonials. This is how we get our message out that we're creating content for people. We're showing people how easy and fun it is to create content on social media. So what was your experience like on the business pros? Oh, man, it was amazing, man. Energy from last week, not today. I ain't talking about today. The energy from last week has been amazing. The communication has been tip top, man. And the questions has been nothing short of amazing to help get the message out to entrepreneurs on your platform, how fun and easy it is to be an entrepreneur, but more importantly, how to consistently make money doing something that you may or may not love how to do, but you know that there's a need for. So my experience on the business bros, man, has been amazing. Thank you, my brother. All right, ladies and gents, thefederalcode.com. One more time, thefederalcode.com. You got your business on the outside of the federal government. Might as well have a piece of what's on the inside. Love That's that line. Strange. Jason, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again manana. Peace. And we're out. Thanks for watching the Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz.